this is Andrew. This is Peter. And you're listening to the PhysioFit Podcast. today with the physio fit podcast and today i am joined by lauren how are you going today lauren yeah good thank you uh how's your day been yeah not bad this morning pretty uh crazy which is always nice for a thursday morning especially when it's hot today today is hot that adelaide's definitely changed its weather pretty abruptly all of a sudden yes it's been very dramatic yeah <laughs> doubled the uh, temperature degrees in yeah, uh, three days i don't think anyone's quite ready for it yet no. Uh, so today on the podcast, we just want to get to know you a bit more, Lauren. So uh, where do we start? So let's let's start with you being a physio. How did how did you get into physiotherapy? Like, mm-hmm. what's what's your story? What's your background story with that? Yeah. So background story: as a twelve-year-old, um, was playing basketball and unfortunately injured myself, where I needed surgery on ankles. Was out for a few months. Um, couldn't compete. Um, in athletics and state trips and along the way my rehab met a physio he was very very good um, knowledgeable worked in a lot of sports um, and through the process um, yeah as a 12 year old I found it really fascinating that she could rehab an injury from post-surgery to have no movement pain stiffness um, lack of strength to then get me back within four months to compete at the the high level um, another national state trips and things like that and from there um, physio really piqued my interest of just how interesting the body was and how fascinating rehab is um, if done correctly so that's from there pretty much piqued my interest and here we are fast forward about 15 years later and now working as physio that's awesome. So I, I personally know you have quite a large uh, background in athletics and competing in, in different sports. So uh, tell me a little bit about all the different things you've done leading up to this point. Yeah, so athletics has been the, the base sport that I played since I was probably well, done since I was about five. Um, along the way, you know, you try a bit of like touch footy, basketball, as I mentioned previously, um, soccer, school, state, and um, a bit of touch football. But the one passion that um, I've continued throughout since I was five to, to now is definitely been athletics, in particular sprinting um, and uh, keeping fit, um, which I quite like. And also that competitive side, I really enjoy competing at uh, a state level and also national um, level for the national comps end of the season. So from there, it's a yeah, great sport to be involved, especially in summer. So in the athletics field, when did you decide that sprinting was your thing? Pretty much from a, a young age, um, my dad used to we used to do a lot of kind of chasey and things like that. And he quickly discovered from when I was three to four, I was quite quick. Um, and then someone suggested, why not put me in uh, little athletics? So from then on, um, yeah, started athletics and I haven't looked back. And yeah, good at sprinting, and so I just kept it up. Yeah, did you do well at all your sports days in the sprinting category? Yeah, through school, primary school, um, yeah, took out a few, um, and then you usually get asked to go on everything because you're faster, you must be good at every uh, event, which definitely isn't the case, but uh, yeah, had to dabble in a lot of events throughout the sports days through school, which was fun, um, but yeah, definitely main uh, thing I do enjoy is running maximum probably 200 meters. Yeah, I was going to say, so what, what are the events that you do and what events do generally sprinters do if people don't don't know? I guess most people just think of like a 100 meter. Yeah, I guess you probably think of bolt when you think of sprinting, um, but sprinting is 100 meters, 200 meters, 
technically 400 meters uh, as well. Um, it all involves the same amount of power intensity um, and lactic acid that you, you get through the body. Um, and then I guess you can also double into sprint hurdling as well, which is 100 meter and 110 meter hurdles. Have you ever dabbled in that? Yeah, yeah. So when I was a kid, um, being a sprinter, powerful, you kind of usually can adapt and go into your power jumping events. So I was a state sprint hurdler and long jumper as well. And then as you get older, um, like I'm sure most people would um, understand, you kind of have to pick one specific event or one sport to really focus on and excel in. And so I just uh, picked uh, sprinting and uh, yeah, just continued to improve and compete and get better. Yeah. So for the average person maybe listening to this, uh, who maybe like knows about sprinting, like what what are some good metrics that um that you know what what is like a how fast are people in your like sprinting like in the sprinting world? How fast do they run mm -hmm. the hundred or two hundred? Mm -hmm. Or what would be good metrics for people to kind of like <laughs> yeah. get some context into yeah. how fast you guys are? <laughs> so I guess if you're talking elite level, Olympic level, obviously you got Usain Bolt, who's a nine five eight. Um, for the 100, if you look at the elite women, they're probably running the 100 meters on average about 10, 10, 7, 10, 8. That's like the best, but usually it's sort of 10, 9, 11 seconds. If then you bring it back to, I guess, Australia, state and national level, um, we're probably all running between 11, 3 and probably like 12 seconds yeah it's a it's a it's literally a lot of people say this is a game of seconds but it is literally a game of like seconds to milliseconds isn't it yes pretty much um last year i was in a race and i lost the race by i think it was like three hundredths of a second so ouch yeah it's, it's definitely down to those point zero 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 kind of thing yeah um but yeah it's sprinting i enjoy it and uh it's a good good challenge so how, how often do sprinters train? Like what does a normal training routine look like for a sprinter? Mm -hmm. um, again, it depends on, I guess, level and where, where people want to go. But say on average for, for us, what, what we do, um, we'll be usually training six times a week. Um, so that involves a few sessions of track stuff. So you're sprinting, focus, block starts, things like that. And then you go into your gym, do some powerful, you know, Olympic lifting, explosive things like that, that the coach sets. Um, and then you've got sort of a lighter recovery session as well, and then one day off, of course, to completely rest and gear up for the next week, go again. Yeah, so how often would sprinters be in the gym for? Um, again, it can vary. On average, probably an hour and to two. Yeah, is that uh, in every, training, every day of training or just on some days? Probably majority of training on average for us would be two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so you have your, your warm-up, you've got your session, um, with your rest uh, in between and then of course your, your cool down um, where the reason why our sessions are so long and people might say well you only sprint 100 meters maximum uh, with our training um, what the coach set for us it's uh, we're going at 95% of our power and speed therefore you need at least five ten minutes of recovery to let your body reset so you can then smash out another rep uh, at the same intensity um, so that's why uh, sessions versus sprinters will generally be a little bit longer because you've got those longer recovery times for the body. Yeah, because you're, you're pushing so hard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all really fascinating. So, uh, you know, yourself as a physio, who, what population do you, do you prefer working with? Do you enjoy working with more? Mm -hmm. So, 
obviously a bit biased from my background of athletics and running so I love working with all different kinds of runners uh, just because I'm a sprinter myself doesn't mean I only like working with sprinters runners in general we all get the same injuries and conditions and things like that um, so I enjoy that population young children right up to you know your, your older population I enjoy working with all of them because we all have different injuries um different running styles different training methods and so it's fascinating to hear everyone's um different journey uh, i also like working with cyclists as well um i just did a, a course in the weekend in melbourne um learning all about cycling injuries and how to fit um people on bikes um and i also work i guess the, the interest from there stems from working at the children under for the last five six years now um working in the medical team uh following the tour which is really fascinating looking at all the elite cyclists and the world-class uh, cyclists that we do get that come and compete um so from there just stem that interest um and again cycling injuries when they of course they don't fall off the bike um can be quite similar to running injuries as well similar um, joints and similar muscles so I guess that's where that overlap is why I enjoy working with both of those um, different categories. Um, and I guess probably the, the last category or clientele population that I really enjoy working with is um, just recently the mixed martial arts athletes. Um, they're very fascinating. They of course need to be very fit, very strong, agile. Um, and the last few months I've enjoyed working with a few of those. Um, again, similar injuries most of the time to cycling and, and running but I just find it all very interesting to work with those three different populations. Yeah, 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 awesome. Uh, so I guess for the average person who maybe um, doesn't, you know, take part into like a like a, a sport or they're not taking a sport seriously and maybe like are sometimes confused about um, who they should see if they have a niggle or an issue, like why should people see a physio and how can a physio um, help someone who maybe is in pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the the main um, idea people think when they think of a physio is I've got to go to some a physio when I'm injured. Um, however, I would like to try and reverse that thinking is don't just come to a physiotherapist when you're injured, come to a physio when you think you're feeling a little bit tighter than normal or you're not feeling like you're moving as well, come to us before so we can prevent an injury. So I call it, well, prehab. Um, and then give you strategies, tools, exercises to then help with that long-term management and maintenance for you to prevent coming to see us when you are injured. And then of course, sometimes it can be a long um, road for rehab and recovery and you can be out of your sport or your gym or whatever activity that you do. So I would definitely challenge people to not think of us as the end point after you've done the injury, but come to us more to prevent and learn how to better your body um, so you can be the best version of yourself to continue everyday activities, sport, whatever um, you may do. And I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people sometimes, maybe until they've been hurt themselves, don't maybe understand the value of, but just maybe taking care of your body before you actually get hurt. Because when you get hurt, like, you know, you, you can't do that thing that you love doing. And exactly. if you can definitely prevent it, um, you know, you're just going to be able to just get on with your life a lot easier and possibly not get out of sport if you are playing sport. So outside of those two, um, I actually play the piano. So I've been playing the piano since I was oh, a little kid, five or six. Um, so over the years I've done a few of the, 
the kind of classical exams and things like that. So I guess when I've got a bit of spare time, which is very rarely, but I enjoy playing um, on my grand piano that I've got at home. Um, I also enjoy traveling, as does everyone, I think. Um, but yeah, traveling around the world again and just seeing other different areas. Um, more South America I wouldn't mind going to and Africa um, they would probably be uh, the next place that I wouldn't mind to travel and spend a bit of time in um, and then of course I've got two little dogs which I love kind of like the, the little children um, and yeah, I enjoy spending time with them walking them taking them to the beach sometimes they'll jump in and do some training with me um, I'm amazed that they can keep up on their little legs but um, it's good company to, to have them there that's cool. I didn't know you played piano, so um, what what sort of music do you enjoy playing on the piano? Mm -hmm. um, growing up with playing classical, I probably would have said classical in the past. I don't mind some classical pieces, but of course they can be very stuffy sometimes um, and very technical um, and you don't have the freedom to, I guess, have a bit more fun. Um, so now I probably more enjoy playing a bit of like the jazzy type um, pieces. Um, I mean I love playing Alicia Keys. Her her music is really really nice and um, good to play on the piano because she's a um, pianist as well so probably yeah more like Alicia Keys type style, a bit of Coldplay yeah. like that. Yeah cool that's awesome uh, and you said that you'd want to go to uh, South America and Africa, the country specifically there that you're looking like you really want to go visit? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're so different to the Western society and other countries that I've been to in the past. Um, very different, very old, lots of different um, artifacts and a lot of history behind it. I think we don't know a lot about um, being so far away over in Australia. Um, so yeah, they'd be the two places that I would definitely want to visit, and especially in Africa, you know, you see the big five, all the, the animals and safari. Um, and everyone I've, I know that have gone to Africa have really, really enjoyed themselves. So, sort of challenging. I mean, of course, there's the, the end goal of maybe doing a um, base camp for Everest, but okay, that's cool. So a lot of a lot of training, I think, for that one, and yeah. um, a bit of uh, money, I think, to, to save before that yeah. gets attempted. I think um, Everest is is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By virtual climate, it's uh, I think at least two hundred thousand dollars, maybe more, to half a meal. Yeah, yeah, so if you actually want to, to climb do the, the summit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a bit extreme for me, so I think I'll just settle with the base camp. Yeah, base camp, <laughs> yeah. Um, I had I had a client uh, not long ago who was telling me about one of her best friends who's, I think, attempted it five times, and every wow. time something's gone terribly wrong. And I said, I remember saying to her, look, I don't think your friend has a lack of trying problem I think she has a too much money problem because she that's told me the cost yeah it's like about a quarter of a million dollars every time you do it that adds up five yeah, times that's, that's it's crazy absolutely crazy um, so now going back to um, that the physio world mm -hmm. uh, what's one exercise that if you could just like you know you're ruler of the world tomorrow and you could just get everyone to have to do this one thing because it would just benefit them and make them feel better mm -hmm. what's one exercise that you'd get every that you think more people should be doing and you'd get everybody doing Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a very good question, uh, a very big question to narrow it down to one real specific exercise, but I think that if I had to, yeah, get people to do this one exercise tomorrow, um, it would definitely be a upper back shoulder stretch for all of us that now we have office jobs, we do a lot of sitting, we get a lot, a lot of tightness, um, and especially for athletes as well, um, we can all get stiff through neck, shoulders, back. 
Um, so the, the exercise is called the eagle pose or stretch. Um, and for me, that's probably one I would make everyone, everyone do. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I remember you showing me that not long ago. <laughs> uh, cool. And, um, you know, going back to more an informal thing, uh, I think this is something that everyone struggles with, maybe more so sometimes than even their own body. They're sitting there late at night, you know, flicking through their Netflix account, not knowing what, what, what to watch. Uh, what's your rec what, what recommendation do you leave people with so they know what to watch next time they're stuck for ideas on Netflix? <laughs> Again, that's another nice uh, broad question, where do you start? But currently, the what I've just finished watching, uh, or binge watching, um, it came out last Thursday and it's called The Bodyguard. So it's a British drama action uh, thriller show, um, miniseries, like six episodes, about an hour long. Um, and for me, that's what I've really become addicted and yeah, smashed out in the last week. Yeah. So that's what I would recommend okay. uh, for the moment. F finish that now? Yes. Yeah. How, how did you did you get that empty feeling when you finished the series? Yeah. 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 Just needed more. Yeah. You mm -hmm. just need more. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much today for your time, Lauren. Uh, if people wanted to find you, where can they find you? They can find me uh, at PhysioFit. Um, we're just down at Mobry there, and uh, I will always be there. Send us an email, Facebook, anything like that, and we'll I'll get back to you. Cool. Thank you very much today for your time. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, everybody on the other side, if you enjoy this podcast and you enjoy this podcast, please share it around and please give us a five-star review. Take care and peace.